Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Wednesday edition of the drive. I don't know why I pay any attention, probably because I'm old, to the weather. Because yesterday we were saying, well, at least today is going to be nice. No no chance of rain. You can't be outside for a couple of minutes without getting wet today. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the wet will get out of the way before the frigid gets here in a couple of days. But it is, it is a fun day today because it is what has become National Signing Day, even though that is still on the schedule as February 1st. But a big day today as players across the country deciding where they're going to play next year. I used to say their next three or four years. Now it's where they're going to be next year until they rethink things with the transfer portal. But and, and a huge next, day. For the next 11 months or so. <laughs> well, no, and, and, and quite literally next year in that a lot of these players will be at their school in two weeks. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. be in, they might be enrolled already. Yeah, Hugh Freeze said today uh, 13, even though I think Kirk said 12. But, I mean, at least a dozen early entries among Auburn's 19 players that they released today. I heard a rumor, Bill, that... Players who are enrolled for next semester, incoming incoming freshmen, mm-hmm. can go through bowl practice and dress for the bowl game, yeah, but yeah. not play. That, right? That's, that's yeah, what, that, that was in place what, last year. Remember? Right. That's relatively that's what that new. Five star quarter, quarterback going to Tennessee. He's yeah. he's going through bowl practice right, right now. Yeah, I mean th- that was in place last year. Remember, Alabama had a couple of guys that uh, practiced that's, with them a little bit last year. That's a, is that a new development? That's a relatively um, new rule, right? I, be- I believe it went in place. It may have been two years ago, but I know for sure it was in place a year ago. Right. So it's it's a so uh, that's a bonus. In, in many in many cases, this is a formality for kids who have already practiced with right. the team they're going to play for next season. Yeah, they'd they'd already been accepted in school. They could have been there practicing. And I, and right. I will agree when we talk about. Many of these commitments we're talking about next season. Just yeah, just just watch. I mean, because Georgia last year has nine players that early enrolled and are practicing right now. How about yeah. that? I mean, remember last year Texas A and M had what at the time was the best class ever. <laughs> More than a third of that class is in the transfer portal right now, and now Alabama has blown away last year's best ever signing class because we don't have a 25 limit anymore that and the fact that they sign nothing but four and five stars with the exception of a kicker who was supposedly the top kicker in the country but they only give him a three star so um but we'll talk a good bit about auburn's class uh and and the uh, amazing job that that hugh freeze and his staff did in three weeks because it's just been 23 days and, of course, a dead period since this past Sunday. We can go over the players that, uh, that Auburn has signed. Um, there are a couple more that, that um, should be added to this class. One may have, one or two may have actually already signed, and we'll find out about it in the next week or so. 
And then another is a firm commitment who is waiting till February to sign. He's not an early enrollee anyway. He wants to sign with his high school teammates. We, we, we've got housekeeping to do. You know, we got to. Yeah, to, I know. But, but I would say I, I want to ask you, and maybe we can think about it while we're doing the the, the business. What is the biggest development of the last twenty four hours or so for the, Auburn in this recruiting? The flips case? of uh, Keldrick Fra- uh, Keldrick Falk and Canley are the the two biggest recruiting. Uh, the two biggest positive recruiting notes for Auburn. I mean, there were a couple of guys that they thought they were going to get, and hopefully we'll have Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com on with us. I believe he was down in Highland Home for Keldrick Fox announcement. He was up in Birmingham earlier today, and he even wrote about this. He had, he had talked with Tony Mitchell. Uh, he'd gotten to know Tony Mitchell very well uh, over the last few years. Tony Mitchell called him on Monday and told him he was going to sign with Auburn, told him he would meet with him and get some pictures taken. And Jason wrote a story, had, had the story written, drove all the way to Birmingham this morning, was to, have meet, was to have met with Tony Mitchell at 8.30. No show, couldn't get hold of him. Tony Mitchell signed with Alabama. So that's, that's the way it goes. I was telling some of, the, uh, some of the younger folks on the beat, hey, it's not the first time. Uh, probably won't be the last. No, no, Mitchell, no Mitchell, not at all. What, he was a Bama committed. He'd been right? committed to Alabama for a long time, but there had been strong feelings, not just strong feelings, he told Jason Caldwell. I mean, and Jason, Jason is as straight up a guy as there is, and he gets to know the kids. He's just He loves high school football, and he loves getting to know the kids. That is, uh, that's a shame that something like that was done to uh, – Done to somebody like Jason. I mean, if it, just, if it was somebody, I'm thinking you still wouldn't want to do it, even to somebody who's a, a sketchy guy, a shady guy that mm-hmm. that is trying to lead players in one direction. Maybe you'd want to mess with him somehow. But that's not Jason. So uh, so hopefully we'll hear from Jason here during the show, the Wednesday show, and hour number one of the drive is brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. They're also the sponsor of our hotline, and we'd love to hear from you. You get your thoughts, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. The Drive text box presented by our... I'm, I'm rusty, Bill. He's all choked up. He's been gone for a few days. <laughs> no, I actually just got a bombshell news in, in the uh, in, in the world of uh, recruiting. But but the uh, all right, three three four five six four eighteen forty. The drive text box that that's presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. You can also text the show, or no, that's uh, uh, the the podcast is also sponsored mm-hmm. by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, you can find the podcast uh, however you listen to podcasts. Just search for the drive with Bill Cameron, or go to ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center again. That's presented by. Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Now, um, the big news, by the way, is that uh, Missouri signed someone out of Niceville. So, oh, is that right? Yeah, there, there's a uh, Austin Firestone is a... Uh, oh, that's uh, a cool I, name. Yeah, I guess He's I, a Northwestern transfer, or, actually. Or, or, is he originally from Northwestern? But, so from so he signed with Northwestern, was oh. a freshman there this year, and he entered the portal. Uh, he, and he's a tackle. You know, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of folks think that he's a, he's a, a Power 5 tackle uh, somewhere, and he's going to end he up was, uh, he was He actually played on the defense. He played defensive tackle at Northwestern this year because they desperately needed depth. 
And then he got in the portal. At a high school, he was a tackle, though. And I believe he's, well, he's, he's in yeah. a little warmer climb, but not a whole lot. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens I mean, there with my man uh, Austin Firestone. But ha- happy to see that Niceville is uh, is represented here on signing day. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, Auburn had uh, uh, Chipley, you know, get get represented uh, today. You know, there's another Northwest Florida. Well, we're we're biased, but we've always thought that. You know that area from Mobile to the Tallahassee. Panhandle. Yeah, that that, that Gulf there's, Coast. There's a ton of talent. You, in the you Panhandle. can and, and you're, in, you're out. It's it's aside from Florida State. Auburn's the closest SEC school by yeah, far. The, the closest SEC school and the closest really major program, Power Five program. Mm-hmm. So that's somewhere that yeah, when there's uh, when there's top talent, Auburn Auburn and Florida State have both uh, benefited. All right, so uh, so Hugh Freeze met with the media today, and uh, there, there there were some interesting things in addition to his recruiting notes one while he was he just sort of went over his staff and just casually mentioned josh aldridge and it's like yeah i i, I loved it kirk kirk sampson sort of mm, you know there's a little look it's like okay well we hadn't really released that yeah. but he did he went you know he said i don't know if we've released all this and he started going through his entire staff as he went you know philip montgomery offensive coordinator <clears throat> associate head coach and running back coach carnell williams <clears throat> and and he said a receivers coach which should be named soon, but it didn't sound like it's a done deal necessarily for one guy at receivers coach. He's still still getting that finalized. But then when he was uh, on defense, he just mentioned linebackers coach Josh Aldridge, who was who was the head coach last night for Liberty, and uh, and and of course was the defensive coordinator for uh, for Hugh this past year after being and linebackers coaches. Uh, as well as being the defensive line coach for the three years prior. And he, and he was a former colleague of Cadillac Williams at West Georgia. They were huh. both there on mm-hmm. the 2016 staff. He was a, a recruiting coordinator at the University of West Georgia from 2014 to 2017 before getting, uh, I think he had another stop. What's the name of this D2 school where he was the coordinator? L- Lenore, Lenore Ryan? Lenore Ryan. Lenore yeah. Ryan. In Tennessee, the, I believe. Right. And he, he was a defense coordinator there for a year and then got hired by Hugh Freeze to join the, uh, the Liberty staff. You wonder. If Cadillac Williams, well, he already, I mean, Hugh Freeze already knew the guy, but yeah, but it is, he'd, been, he'd been with Hugh for four years. Yeah, it's it's just sort of an interesting. But it's nice to have some relationships with other with other coaches. But that was, uh, I thought maybe it would be before the weekend and let let Liberty go ahead and finish up its its signings. But maybe all their guys were already signed um, by yeah. by this morning or by by noon. So that was announced. And then the other thing, he was asked about receivers coach, right? And he said, "Like we're sort of he's well, sort of working he's, on he, it." Well, he said, "We don't have a receivers coach, and we're working on it." Uh, he said, "He's in no he, he's is in no hurry to make those hires because he wants to make sure he gets the right guy." Um, but I thought the another interesting thing when I you know he talked about Philip Montgomery some, but didn't really address the play calling. So I asked him about the play calling, and he said, "Hey, he didn't hire Philip Montgomery to not do his job. That no, he is." He is turning over play calling to Philip Montgomery. Now he did leave the caveat, and every coach, every head coach has, is that hey, you can have some input on you know certain downs during a ball game. And sure, you, your head coach would, you know, I'd be shocked if a head coach didn't have any input. Well, it's fourth down. What are we going to do? I don't know. Ask the coordinator. You know, so um, so those are a couple of things that came out today. In addition to the recruiting, I talk. thought his his. What he said about special teams, I thought that was fascinating. The way that he said that somebody off the field might be the special he said teams is co- going to be the special teams coordinator yeah. if HR approves. I mean, what it is that means it hasn't gone through and been stamped as an official hire by Auburn. Okay, to be an official hire 
by Auburn. But you remember the NCAA put that rule in a couple of years ago, allowing analysts to be able to coach practices but not be on the field during games. So he said the voices during games will be his tight end coach, Ben Agamowawa, uh, and the uh, and and Josh Aldridge. So, so you're 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 saying that of the of the ten assistants, there won't be one deemed the special teams coordinator. No, the special teams coordinator will be someone who is off the field on on game days. Though it's right. going to be Agamawa, kind of like a tag team effort by 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 those two. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, if, if, especially if you want to, uh, I'm I'm really I'm I'm my interest is uh, peaked there because. I've got a feeling it, it it's going to be somebody who's got a pretty good track record as a special team. Here, here's why that, that could be interesting at the college level is because of those 10 coaches, you want them, most of them coaching a position other than kicking or punting, right? You want them Yeah, and you also of, want them to be focused as, as, as outstanding recruiters yes, as possible, yeah. too. And so if you can have a kicking specialist and a punting specialist, maybe you don't even need to say special teams coordinator, right? You could have right. two or three analysts doing this job, depending on which group they're mm-hmm. working with. And with, with that sort of, yeah, it, w- it would free up your 10 coaches to focus on the other elements of, of college coaching. It's Yeah, that, that's, that's something that I could see catching on unless you have – a special teams coach you're crazy about. I mean, rec- uh, uh, returning would also be right. an aspect of that. I mean, that, that's why I say multiple analysts could handle you know d- different aspects. No, that's that's a really interesting idea. And, um, yeah, I think, I think it's uh, – I don't know how widespread it is in college football. I feel like a lot of teams still have special teams coordinators, you know, on, on most staffs in, uh, in, in the sport right now. But I could see that catching on uh, if, if teams want to free up their other 10 assistants to do other things. <laughs> Excuse me, three three four three two one thirteen nine. I took I a breath about, and, yeah. and swallowed. I don't know. I, don't I was know. about to spring into action. <laughs> Good. No, no, I'm, I'm glad, glad. Man, no, okay. I mean that that caught me by surprise. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. We're just underway. We'll we'll sort of we'll take a look at the class. Uh, I like to look at it uh, a, a little differently, not just going down player by player, but looking at positions, needs, and then we'll look at what is still left and what Auburn needs. We'll do that. We'd love your thoughts. Um, let's see, what was it, eight SEC teams in the top 20, uh, which is not which is not a huge surprise. You, you mentioned earlier that Keldrick Falk would be one of your headlines yeah. today after, you know, and the Highland Home. Now, I remember uh, throughout his recruitment, uh, because I've I've eaten at Highland Homes' famous uh, "It Don't Matter" uh, family restaurant before, so I mean I'm I'm familiar with the, with that area. Not all that far away, right? It's it's uh, no you know, no no, it's not. You know, near near uh, near Montgomery and near Troy, and so it's it's great to see uh, uh, him staying home. He he, made, he had the flip in his uh, uh, at, at his announcement, right, where he, he puts the Florida State hat away and, and puts on the the Auburn hat. No, that that's for for as much as we've talked about the defensive line. As an urgent thing for for Auburn to address, uh, that's that's some that's uh, it, it seems like a big addition for for this oh, team. That's at a position of need without question. All right, we're going to get to our first break, and we'll check in with Jason Caldwell on the other side. Stick with us. We're just underway here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. 
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill and Dan here in the studio. Got Carter at the controls. And uh, we're going to go to the Kia of Auburn hotline and uh, welcome in Jason Caldwell from AUTigers.com. Usually here with us when in the studio when he can be, but today's been, a, today's been a long day for Jason. A little longer, maybe not longer, but um, probably uh, uh, not exactly what Jason had in mind when he woke up and, and hit the road first thing this morning. Is that right, Jason? Yeah, not quite. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, oh, my. Ground. We're uh, we're actually delivering a couple of presents before our cold weather hit. But oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, but no, uh, no, no. I I had talked to Tony Mitchell. Had uh, already had quotes. Already had a story written. Um, and uh, and was going up to do some stuff in person with him this morning. And uh, then last you know twenty four hours or so leading up to his announcement, things kind of went quiet, which kind of gave me a bad feeling. Anyway, right. I've been there, been there, done that before, mm-hmm. and so. Uh, Drove up and uh, went to about at Alabaster this morning. I got the news that, well, it's going to be Alabama still. So basically Turn turned around, around got breakfast, uh, and then drove to Holland Hall. So I, uh, at least, uh, one, one of them turned out okay. And uh, I think in the end, Auburn got got the most important guy it needed out of that bunch in, in, uh, in getting Keldrick Falk. Yeah, t- tell us about the impact of Auburn flipping Keldrick Falk from Florida State. A uh, big physical defensive lineman, a guy that has, I mean, unlimited potential. When you look at a guy that's 6'5", you know, 245 or so, really athletic, athletic enough that you know, he can play wide receiver. He, he did in high school, wide receiver, tight end, uh, H-back, uh, plays the Wildcat quarterback. He's done everything in addition to playing defense. But you know, he'll be one of those, you know, potential outside linebacker, pass rush guys. Maybe that jack position in this defense, it just it kind of depends on how big he gets. We just don't, don't know that yet because, you know, two-way in, in Alabama, he's playing every position, both sides of the ball, playing basketball and doing all kinds of stuff. And so he's never really specialized in anything, never had that, you know, strength and conditioning program, training table, all the things he's going to have. But when you look at him and that's kind of what you're looking for when you start thinking about, you know, a guy that could stand up, come off the edge, do some things in the defense. No question that um, Hugh Freeze and this staff really focused on the on the trenches. I mean, offense, defense. I think twelve linemen of the nineteen that were announced today. Yeah, no question. Yeah, and you had to. Yeah, that's where it started for this team. That's where it started for this team. When you when you start talking about, um, you know, when you start you know looking at this team, uh, the things they're doing, you got to you got to build from the, the inside out, and that means. Offensive line, defensive line, and it's the first time since I think 2017 that Auburn signed more than three high school offensive linemen in the class. Which mm-hmm. is hard, and it's hard to fathom. That that's yeah, the no case. kidding. But that's where they are. I think I think you could probably go back to maybe 2007 potentially to look at the you know the, the, an offensive line class that, that probably measures up to this one in terms of you know what they've done numbers. Uh, you know that was a group that. They wound up being, you know, the key to an to a national championship. Obviously, with Cam Newton at it in, so um, you know it's a big part of things they needed to do on the offensive line and defensively. You got to have impact players, and you go get a junior college guy that I think is going to be an immediate impact player. Uh, when you look at, at 
uh, Quintrail. Um, he's a you know physical, uh, explosive playmaker at six four three zero five, and I think it starts there. Uh, you know, Elijah McAllister coming from Vandy is another one of those edge guys that gives mm-hmm. you some, some added depth when you start talking about that position as well. So uh, they did some things up front that can really benefit them in addition to, to the high school guys they added. And then the uh, um, the last flip, another significant one uh, in, in uh, Ken Lee from Ohio State. Yeah, athletic corner. When you look at him, he's, he's a guy that's visited a bunch, and I think Auburn has felt good about him for a while. Um, you know, just kind of depending on was he going to make the move, was he going to wait? And I think, I think for Auburn it's good news that he said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And mm-hmm. um, when you start talking about um, you know, he's got some size to him. He's not, a, he's not a small guy. And so you start looking at the potential corner, nickel, how valuable those guys are in the defense and, you know, the versatility needed to play those positions. And I think he's a guy that fits in really well with, you know, what, what Ron Roberts is going to want to do. And, you know, it's a little bit of a different kind of defense uh, when you start looking at what they want to do and, and how they want to do things. It's kind of a 3-3-5 three, three, look at times. But it could be a 3-4 um Walk up to a four three. They're going to be pretty versatile, very similar to kind of what Alabama and Georgia has done defensively. And, you know, probably in the last few years of, of the uh, of the players that had been committed to Auburn for a while. Uh, Jason, is is there anyone that uh, that there was real uh, that there was a real push for from from somewhere else? Is there anyone Auburn was really in danger of losing that the, the coaching staff deserves credit for 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 being able to to hang on and secure uh, the, the commitment from? Yeah, I think probably a guy like Terrence Love. I think, you know, it was, it was probably a school like Georgia Tech. I think for him, he'd been committed for so long, just uh, taking another look at some different schools and kind of seeing, seeing what those look like. So he was probably, he was probably the biggest one, I think. You know, they're not, they, they weren't, a, they weren't a bunch of those guys. That's the thing. They weren't a bunch of those guys because they didn't have a whole lot of commitments, uh, <laughs> until about, you know, uh, five or six weeks ago. So they haven't had a bunch of these long-term commitments like some other schools have had. And so, I think that was part of it, uh, that, you know, for them, that it's just kind of been brand new and hit the ground running. You know, Jason, one of the things <clears throat> we've talked about this, looking at the numbers, I mean, Auburn still has plenty of room, uh, at least 15 or, or more spots, 15 to 20 more spots. Um, and, and, and they may have signed a couple of more high schoolers than we had initially thought they would, but, uh, are, are there any other high school junior college players? Now we know that, uh, uh, Jeremiah Cobb is is uh, waiting until February. I'm, I'm nobody seems terribly concerned about that. I guess uh, Tyler Scott's not going to announce uh, until the Under Armour game. Are there any other guys that that you know of that Auburn's going after uh, from the high school or junior college ranks? Yeah, I think especially from the junior college side of things, that could be something that you might find another name or two pop up here pretty soon, especially if it's a line of scrimmage guy. Um, but it all may depend on the portal for Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start looking at them and what they want to do, uh, I think from the portal side of things, um, I think from the portal side of things, when you look at, at what they what they want to do, I think the line of scrimmage, um, they could add a couple of, probably a couple of offensive linemen from the tackle side of things, uh, would be really important inside it's a, you know, a guy like, um, you know, the, the guy from Arizona State. Who's right, big Scott. Mm-hmm. Ben Scott could be a center, could be a tackle. Those are guys to watch for. So, I think it may really depend on what the portal looks like even in the coming weeks because you're going to have another signing period. You're going to have another portal window opening up after. And so, there's going to be a lot of options for for them as they look forward moving. But 
you know, I think that, you know, high school guys, there might be a guy or two pop up, but I think it's probably going to be more kind of filling some holes with some of those veteran guys. Jason, I try not to get too sentimental about these things, but I do find myself rooting for J.C. Hart. Uh, what, what can you what can you tell people about the uh, the the local product? One of a couple of of local products that are uh, that that are headed to Auburn from this class. Yeah, no, he's a uh, he's the guy from a sentimental standpoint. Um, the first time I saw him, Jeff Klein, uh, former Auburn quarterback who is who passed away way too soon. Jeff Klein was like, "Hey, this is the guy you're gonna have to watch for." You know, that was in an Auburn camp. I remember. I sent J.C. a picture of, of them two together uh, from that camp, and uh, he was right. Uh, J.C.'s a guy that had to earn it. Um, coming from Lochapoca, 1A school, you know, he wasn't a guy that had the, the accolades, didn't have uh, you know, all those things. He kind of had to do it on his own. And so uh, I think you look at what he's done, what he's been able to accomplish, and I thought it was really interesting that, like, hey, could be a DB, could be a wide receiver. So I thought mm-hmm. that was a pretty interesting part of things uh, today. But, no, J.C. is a – you start talking about great kid, a guy that's done it in the classroom. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys that, hey, there's a couple of those guys. Sylvester Smith is another one. That sometimes um, Braden Joyner, you mentioned him. There's going to be guys in this group that want to be at Auburn because they want to be at Auburn. And that's important sometimes, and I think it's especially important this year. Talking with Jason Caldwell from uh, AUTigers.com uh, for, for another couple of minutes. Uh, Jason You've talked about this before. We got into it a little bit yesterday on the air. <clears throat> with the with with now most of the players signing in the early signing period, high school, junior college players signing in this early signing period, and then the transfer portal coming. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. 24 minutes away from 5 o'clock here on this Wednesday afternoon. A wet, sort of, it's like a, a, a just a cold mist right mm-hmm. now is, is what we have. Uh, again, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot, uh, a lot worse. Um, I mean, we're going to have wind chills near or perhaps below zero uh, by, by um, we're talking Friday. S- sunrise Christmas Eve. Yes. Right? Is, and then, mm-hmm. and then throughout the day. And I think some, some parts of Alabama there is, are there, there, at- there is a freeze warning as a matter of fact, from like midnight Friday until noon Saturday. Yeah, there's freeze warning. There, there are parts of the state looking at forty-eight hours. Just think, 36, by next year, of, by next year, that's that's what that's what Auburn will be putting out as we get close to the early. Oh, they're already here. another. Freeze, I know, freeze I know. Warnings all, all there'll around. be hard freeze warnings. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I was I was leaning towards using the old Batman villain, right? I I, I lean, you know, I think of like you know, Mr. Arnold, Freeze, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, you know, throw the throw the Schwarzenegger gift. Isn't out that there, everybody's like least favorite Batman movie? It's one of them. Yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, I don't know if you maybe maybe one of the Affleck ones uh, that, that uh, you know is is, is remembered. That's fair. That's, that's fair. Um, uh, less fondly, but probably uh, no. But it's. Uh, no, this is, this is a Hugh Freeze has had as big a last twenty four forty eight hours 
as I mean, he's one one of them, right? I mean, yeah, he, I was going to say Alabama's had a bigger yeah, last Alabama, twenty four. Alabama, Alabama's pulled in four or five stars right, in the right. last twenty or three five stars in the last twenty four hours. But but on cons- top of the you know on top of the class they already but had. But considering where but from where yes. Auburn was, yes. oh yes, considering the starting, Auburn's point, made the biggest wanna, jump. Yes, I, I, of I, any team, I, I don't want. It's to. hard to jump from number one. No, you know. not to sound too much like Casey, uh, but yeah, that's where that's where Alabama is right now with a bullet, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're right there. That's uh, oh, it's it's Auburn fans wish. Is it a bigger class than is it a bigger class than the than the A and M class last year? It is. That, that set statistically all those records? it is. Yeah, they have uh, on one site with twenty seven signees, they have six five stars and twenty. Four stars, six blue chip players, and then the and then the one non four or five star is the top kicker in the country. <laughs> let, let me ask: Do you guys think that there's a there's going to be a huge influx of players into the portal after the bowl games? Yes, or after and or or could those, some of those players wait until the spring? Like we, I, I think most of them jump in as quickly as they can as soon as their bowl game's done. Yeah. it's going to be tough for the teams. That if 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 their players thinking about getting in the portal that are in the uh, uh, in the playoff that that's going to really cut things close for them. This oh, is yeah. the this but is I, the but I don't think it's going to stop. Them. When, when's the last day of the forty five day window? Isn't it? Uh, it's uh, it is January the eighteenth. I, yeah, I believe I think it's the eighteenth. Okay, so they so they would still have a couple of weeks. Academically, yeah. it could be. I mean, I'm sure they'll figure something out. I believe that's also the last day to add classes at Auburn. Right. So I mean, even then, it would they would figure <sighs> it out. Convenient. But but I do I do wonder like how much. And certainly at a couple of the most uh, at the more noteworthy positions. Oh you know, yeah, how, like how much quarterback for sure. Well, quarterback, you're going to see. And, and, and Hugh Freeze did he didn't he did not pause when he was asked, "Do you want to sign a quarterback in the transfer portal?" It was yes, and then he said, "If it's the right, if it's the right player." But I mean. There is no hesitation on his part. Yes, Auburn wants another quarterback. That is not a knock on Hank Brown, uh, who who Hugh Freeze really really uh, spoke highly of. But he's he's an incoming freshman who didn't play at the top level of high school ball. So I mean, he is he is a developmental guy, uh, which which is good because I think he's I I don't think he's a player that's going to come in. And if he doesn't get playing time this year, it's going to go into the transfer well, portal. And it's and it's also you almost have to look at the roster because I don't think I don't think anybody right now expects T.J. Finley to be in the quarterback's oh, no. room in twenty three. T.J. Finley's T.J. Exactly. Finley's working on graduating exactly. and then being a graduate exactly. transfer. So, so you almost had like this is why I don't have any issue with taking Hank Brown, uh, somebody who Hugh Freeze clearly liked because he was committed to Liberty and you know he's going to be well coached because he. Uh, was the quarterback under Trent Dilfer mm-hmm. at Lipscomb Academy? Because you have to look at that room right now. Like there's just two guys in there. It's Robbie Ashford and Holden Gurner. You you needed to add like and, the, and there needs to be somebody, somebody else there. in there as well. The question I, the question I've been asking people who come on the show is: Should Hugh Freeze view this as a room without a starting quarterback? Should he be viewing this as a priority to add a starting quarterback from the portal or someone with a pedigree yes. of starting in college football? Yeah, if Robbie Ashford wins the battle, yes. then then that's yeah. that's to, great to battle but, with Robbie Ashford. Or should he be looking at Robbie Ashford as his starting quarterback and be on the hunt for insurance policies? And and guys with maybe less of a pedigree as starters, but players that he could trust to battle with 
Holden and Hank Brown uh, as as the as the potential backup. I think there's two vi- ways of. No, I, I think you're the, bringing somebody in who's got experience who can win the job. Yes, and might be expected to win the job. But uh, if he doesn't, then it's a bonus. That's I, that's I, what his answer said to me in right. the press conference because you you were there too. He he said. If they're going to add somebody in the portal, they're going to add somebody who can help them win games. Which his, to me his says plan is to come try to win as much as he can right now. Mm-hmm. The other thing, I think the the plan is to bring a quarterback in like that because Auburn needs help in the receiver room as well. And transfer receivers right now want to know who's throwing them the ball. And no matter what, no matter what anyone says about Robbie Ashford, they look at the numbers and go, he completed 49% of his passes. I think I can go somewhere where, where we're going to have a, a better pass attack than that. Yeah, it's chicken or the egg almost because I think receivers would want to look at the quarterback position and say who's, who's mm-hmm. going to play there. And yeah. quarterbacks would want to look at you know your your receivers and wonder well, well what kind of targets am I going to have and if you need to upgrade the receiver position that's going to be tough to do without upgrading the quarterback position and that's tough to do without it's the snake right it's oh, yeah. you know it's the snake eating its own tail and so it's uh it's a difficult challenge and and the notion of yeah, can you who can you like who can start the momentum right to, one name yeah. I would throw out there as someone who could start some of that momentum. Ra Ra Thomas, who we haven't heard about, but uh, do we have? Do we have an update? Do we have a? Uh, a we don't have. We don't have updates. But the feeling Feels is, like, he yeah. is. Uh, he is Georgia bound. Right. I know. There's. There's other SEC player. You know, SEC programs involved, yeah. and I could. And, well, and, I think it's. You know, Ole Miss had. A, yeah, Ole Miss. Somebody at Ole Miss tried to uh, uh, <laughs> say that he's headed there. Um, I don't no. buy that. I, I. I really think unless something, unless something changes. He's headed to Georgia. Now, the thing to keep in mind is a lot of folks are wondering, well, where are these other transfer portals? Why aren't their names on the city? Because they don't have to sign. Really, the only, the only thing they can do right now is sign the financial agreements. The benefit of being on your list today is that your coach can talk about you. Because yeah. those players, they're not locked into a school until they are enrolled and in class. So, I mean, things could change. But I think the feeling right now is Ra Ra Thomas is Georgia bound. I would I would say when you look at I guess the the quarterback or or receivers, which one you you add, I would say quarterbacks a quarterback that moves the the needle, kind of like in just no, a normal high school class. That I mean, that's who you build your class around. So I think that that would probably be the first domino to fall in my mind. You could probably add a transfer re- receiver, but. Somebody that that really moves that needle, and there's a couple names out there right now that I don't I don't don't believe have destinations. When I when you look at Spencer Sanders, Hudson Card, I guess Grayson McCall's still out there. If you work through a bunch of academics, well, stuff. you I just don't. He's not going to be around for the spring. Yeah, yeah. See, I mean, I mean, that's the thing, and you would like somebody available to go through spring. Well, could you could you take somebody for the spring and then maybe see if you could work through your Grayson McCall? Uh, well, yeah, he issues? he wouldn't be that first guy though. Yes, He'd be somebody absolutely, else absolutely. that you try to add later, maybe. You know, I was going to ask about and this. This isn't as as needle moving as some of the other things, but it's a player with with some you know kind of an interesting backstory. Uh, is uh, is Tez Johnson the uh, the Troy receiver yeah. adopted brother of Bo Nix? 
uh, who is uh, who was the one one of the leading receivers at Troy these I last think he couple was seasons. The, he was the leading the lead. yeah the, the leading receiver this past year uh, eighteen hundred yards in uh, in three seasons at Troy uh, he's in the portal as of yesterday uh, you you wonder if he's interested in staying local or if he would reunite with uh, with with his brother Bo who's uh, who's sticking around uh, there at, at at Oregon but he's a he's a player that I thought. Had sort of an interesting story that that is uh, is also of local interest. In Again, the, I think in receivers portal. are in no hurry to pick Auburn until they till they see who the quarterback is. Right, and and that's which um, is fair. Yeah, which yeah. is understandable. Which could, I mean, it, it could limit the ceiling somewhat as far as what kind of quarterbacks you can sign uh, if if you're not also able to add a a receiver uh, from this portal because as we were saying, that's that's another position where Auburn would like to add. A starting Auburn's deeper player. at receiver though than they are at quarterback. They they are. I, I mean, mean, if if, if there's a, of the two, well, that's an interesting question. Like, uh, where, where does Auburn where does Auburn need to add a starter think, more urgently right now, receiver or quarterback? It's a, it's an interesting question. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of it depends on what kind of starter uh, you're, uh, you're you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going to be tough to uh, someone's got to get that momentum going. Right? It's I, just a matter of you know, can you find the player to get that get that thing started? I would say personally, I would say that. I think receiver, you probably need a true starter, number one caliber guy. You'd then, love a then, number one guy. Then you can have Camden Brown and all those freshmen that played this past year. And I guess Javarius Johnson, I'm, I'm assuming he's back as it yeah, stands yeah, right Javarius now. Yeah, Javarius is so back. You can, you can piece together around him, but I, Auburn hasn't had a true number one receiver since what? Since Seth? Seth Williams? Would you say? Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I would say if you want to go back further than that, you you could, but it's been yeah. it's been a while uh, since Auburn's had, and and even even Seth had games where you could yeah. you could question, you know, the, absolutely. So I, so I think it's uh, no, and, and to to Bill's point, can a can you get a number one, a true number one out of you know we're, we're going to start calling them aces, right? Can you can you get top of the rotation wide receiver? Uh, with Robbie Ashford as your starting quarterback at the moment, like will 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 one of those players sign with? I mean, among the other hurdles and obstacles, because it's not like with other mm-hmm. quarterbacks, Auburn was getting those players either. But that was a calling card of Hugh Freeze. Get, being able to get those kind of guys was something Hugh Freeze did exceptionally well at Ole Miss when they he like he likes Dequavius Story, who is a big he's a Camden Brown, you know, mm-hmm. type build uh, athletic. Guy, I mean, again, there, there's a lot of raw talent there, but yeah, there needs to be a number one. I'll did you, tell you. Did you hear his quote on on J.C. Hart? Yeah, not, not being sure if he knew. Well, he was Jason a said that. Or, Jason or, said that too a while ago. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's uh, he is a sprinter. He is he has got uh, game breaking type speed. We had, but JC's, to me, we had JC's coach on when when JC committed, right. and he mentioned that <clears throat> it's not you know a lot of people are assuming that J.C. Hart is a defensive back at the college level. It's not a given. Like that's that's something that could be decided by oh, that's true. His, his eventual coaches decided by necessity. And Auburn Auburn's definitely better off. Um, it, it appears in the secondary than they are at receiver. I'll tell you a position that I am concerned about. That's linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and now that Josh Aldridge is the linebackers coach, there's some linebackers in the portal, and I think there are about to be some more linebackers in the portal. So I think that will be very interesting. I think Auburn needs to add at least a couple of linebackers. I don't think there are any high school linebackers that they felt could step in and help them right now. So it's got to be the portal. Assuming it's a three-three-five, you know, the sort of the Ron Roberts right. uh, defense that that people have have, you know, that's the, that's the best guess. Is there a starting linebacker on Auburn's roster 
right now, like a guy that you would you'd feel really confident in as going, going into Cam the next Riley. season. Yeah, I would say Cam Riley is probably a, your most likely likely bet. Robert, remember Robert Woodyear was the uh, scout team mm-hmm. player of the year this past year. I think he'll get a long look. It'd be leaning on a lot of potential, right? <laughs> right. Aside from aside from Cam oh, Riley, yeah. and even Cam Riley had an up and down kind of season. Oh, absolutely, right? I mean, there, there he were, did. There were stretches where uh, there were other linebackers getting a lot more playing time than Cam. So that's uh, yeah, that's that's something to watch for. Is how much mm-hmm. does Auburn? And now they've got a linebackers coach, especially. Uh, how much will Auburn need to uh, inject into this linebackers room? How much talent do, does Auburn need to add? And veteran talent does Auburn need to add from uh, from, from the portal? And that's I and believe Ron Roberts was a linebackers coach, and Aldridge is the linebackers coach. So I would mm-hmm. think that yeah, they're going to target some linebackers. And and that's not to write off you know some of the young players coming no. back. But there are some other young players coming back that may, I don't know, well, I mean, it's a case-by-case basis as far as who uh, is, is going to be uh, part, of the, uh, part of the rotation and who won't be. Bill, Dan Carter here on the Wednesday Drive. We need to get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Do It Center at Building Supply. Win a Christmas shopping spree at Russell Building Supply at Home Center. Register online to win one of nine in-store giveaways, including a Weber tailgate grill and stand. Plus, qualify for the grand prize, a $1,000 Russell Building Supply gift card. Enter now at RussellDoItCenter.com. Experience and knowledge from the pros. Russell Do It Center at Building Supply. East University across from Cary Creek Publix. The Drive continues. 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 The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Final couple of minutes of hour number one. Let's get to the Kia of Auburn Hotline and text. Hey, Tex. Hey, I, I usually tell people I live below I-20 for a reason, but single digits in Alabama on the weekend is not going to be one of them. So uh, I like to be down here because it's a little bit warmer. We're supposed to be down in the teens in Baton Rouge. Yeah. It's... So just a couple things. Uh, Hugh Freeze is never named a starting quarterback at Auburn, so he wants anybody that he signs to be somebody that can compete for the job. And hopefully win the job is what you're trying to do as a coach. Mm-hmm. You want the best players at each position. So anybody he's recruiting, I don't think he would be going in well, especially in this environment, and saying, I, I hope he can kind of be a backup. It, that I, I couldn't imagine a coach taking over a team uh, that struggled somewhat offensively the way Auburn did and saying, hey, I need to get a backup. They need to get a starter at every position. And here's my theory. Well, well text real, real quick, real quick before I, because I want to, I want to counter that for a All second, because right. I, I agree with you absolutely. I was thinking more in terms of the pedigree of the player, like what kind of what has that player accomplished previously in their career? Mm-hmm. Would it be someone who has a a history as a starting quarterback, several productive years as a starter, or would Preferably. you be, or would you be more willing to take a chance on someone with? And, and I want Tex to to hang on if if, if we can, but the, yeah, yeah, I can. Versus I versus want the someone first who. One. Yeah, versus someone who hasn't played as much as a starter, but but is someone worth adding to the room because of their potential. Like you, you know what I mean? Like, like uh, there's, the, there's, yeah. there's two that's ways of viewing it, but I see what you mean. Why you sign a freshman? Really? Hey, Tex, that's hang on. Yeah, we we do have that uh, top of the hour break. 
Uh, we'll continue yes. with text. Love for you to join in as we head into hour number two here on the Wednesday Drive. Capital of Alabama. This is the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan Carter at the controls here on this signing day in December. Uh, we've got Auburn basketball coming up tonight. Good luck finding it on the uh, Pac-12 network as Auburn looks to split its West Coast road trip. But we'll talk uh, more about uh, recruiting. Anything on your mind as we open up hour number two, which is brought to you by... The good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we welcome your calls, questions, comments on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one, and the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the Drive Text Box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can find however you listen to podcasts. Just search for, just search for uh, The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform, or uh, go to uh, ESPNAU.com and use the podcast center. All of that presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors. We wrapped up hour number one, but ran out of time before we could finish our conversation with Tex. So let's get back uh, to that. Hey, Tex. Hey, by the way, when I get behind uh, in listening because of work, I listen to the podcast on a regular basis. So it's a, it's a great way for you to catch up. Mm-hmm. And I hear people talk about binge watching TV. I don't do that, but I do binge listen to sports call radio. Oh, I uh, like or sp- Sports radio, excuse me, the drive. I didn't, so yeah, I'm that's not, all right. Slip of the tongue. We understand. <laughs> Okay, uh, so Dan, you made it as I was driving. I, it, it's a really good point. So what he what Coach Freeze has already proven to you what he wants to do. He wanted a starter, a proven starter, and it would have been McCall if we can get him in school. He also wanted somebody that was going to come in and develop and be for down the road by signing his guy. Hank Brown. I think we would have taken the yeah. high school kid. We would have taken the high school kid anyway. I, I'm I'm positive we would have taken that kid. Oh yeah. To answer, to answer so, that, I would be surprised to see Auburn sign a transfer portal quarterback who didn't have a pedigree as a starter. You know what I mean? Like to take right. a, to take a flyer on a guy because they've like you said uh, that I think that got, would tell you that they missed out. Yeah, they, they've already got guys that are relative. You know, <laughs> right. that are that are that are bets on potential. Well, if my son was a quarterback and he was being recruited. In the portal or out of the portal, it really doesn't matter. Two questions. I've watched you. I've watched this team before. You weren't the head coach. 
But how are you going to protect him? Because he can't get the ball to anybody without protection. That's number one. Then number two, where are you going to fill in at receiver and go get him to have him to have playmakers on the outside? I think uh, the the rah-rah young man is not coming to Auburn for one reason only. The offense is proven in at, at Georgia that they can get the football to receivers and they can make big plays. So I and they protect their quarterback pretty well. Uh, so I, that would be my question. So I think that offensively is where we'll be going. I think we're pretty good in in the running back room. Uh, I, I think we're gonna we. We, now we can say, hey, look at what we did offensively on the offensive line. Now we can go after receivers and a quarterback in the portal. And, and linebackers. linebackers, yeah. And, and, Tex, and, and I, I would add, as, as far as before we move to defense too much, Tex, I, I would also say, because I missed the, uh, the last couple of shows, the FIU tight end is a big addition mm-hmm. in in the passing game. Right, and now he, he hasn't signed or he wasn't among the players listed today that signed the Granite Aid, but, uh, but, but no, he, he will be a nice addition to the passing game. Do you think he'll be in the slot more and less as a I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they've, they've talked about comparing him to Evan Ingram, so yes. Yeah, I wonder how much Hugh Freeze, because especially those Baylor offenses, it's usually five It's usually five linemen and then everyone else is split out wide or in the backfield. Like, you don't see, I mean, you saw a little bit of full, you know, a, a tight end and H-back stuff, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to the Philip Montgomery offenses and, for that matter, the Ole Miss offenses. And I don't, I think that's something the the use of a more traditional tight end it could it could fade away a little bit in favor mm-hmm. of uh, you know being being a, a pass catching slot receiver yeah but you could if we run the ball well enough uh, and Hunter is going to be a, a big deal running the football next year when you start running play action your tight end becomes a really easy target because linebackers if they don't pay attention to what they're supposed to leave guys running wide open. So and I if you have a an and if you have a for both. Well, I would add to the, I would add to that text that if you have a, a tight end room as talented as the one Auburn seem you know the veterans that Auburn seems to bring back on top of the young man from FIU, you might find a way to to utilize you know the tight ends how, however you can. Big bodies make it difficult on little bodies in the secondary. Uh, yep. So, Big bodies I, make I, it I difficult on little that. bodies. Period. You know. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so uh, I would. Uh, a lot of people have asked asked me questions about what I think about this recruiting class. All I look at is who else was recruiting a lot of these guys. For us to close that, and really, everybody keeps saying three weeks. I think by the time you know, Coach Freeze was able to get kind of settled in and figured everything out. Let's go two and a oh, half. Oh, yeah, it's closer so to two weeks, but, really. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it is remarkable. Uh, it is amazing to me. There was a group that kind of turned because we hired Freeze and they wanted Kiffin, who are now looking at recruiting ratings uh, and saying, yeah. wow, thank heaven did we, we, we dodged a bullet on that one. Uh, it appears that when you have a head coach that understands that, as I said this a lot of times, Bush Thompson's told me, I'm a much better coach. When I got better players. And so when you have better players, you're going to be better. And as long as you have a coach that can get them in the right situation. And I, I, I kind of like the way the staff, staff is being built. 
Uh, I'm not crazy about a three three five, but that's a whole other story for another day. Uh, I think we're going to be better fit for three three five this year because I don't think we're going to have enough big guys up front. I think you'll see some adaptations of that down the road a little bit, just personally because uh, of this league. Well, I mean, yeah. uh, what what Ron Roberts did is he based it. It looked like it was based out of a three three five, but it's not a four two five, which is what everybody runs anyway well, now. And in a world right. where if, if you're facing the passing attacks that you're going to face, you know, m- moving forward, I could see why defenses will look more like those you know wide open sort of Big Twelve defenses. You, you, you need an athletic enough guy that can either rush or drop into coverage. You need at least one of those guys, and that's where you know it looks like a but three. Not, to, at not times. to sound like Pat Dye, but you better yeah. be you better be ready to stop the run. Yeah, and run whatever right. run whatever defense you want. You better be ready to stop the run. And I, I will tell you, a six-five, two hundred and fifty-pound uh, basketball player uh, makes makes one of those guys look pretty good. You know, that's that's a guy that you could fit into that situation. Mm-hmm. Should be able to run with with tight ends and running backs out of the backfield. So it's it's gonna. And we tried that some with Derek Hall. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, pretty excited, very excited. Also looking forward to. Uh, by the way, the basketball game tonight. SEC Plus is not carrying that? No. Pac-12 Network is That's how it. you can watch it. The uh, the, the Washington uh, we we learned that in the preseason, and then uh, and then I guess it was it was made official. But yeah, that's that game is an exclusive to the Pac-12 Network, which is not widely available on cable services. That, that's a nice way of putting. I think, it. Uh, you, I think my my Spectrum Sports Package may actually get it, which is like one of the only. Wow. I may be one of the only people at Auburn that I can actually watch it. Not not to not to put the plug in. I think Fubo. That, you, you said you, that before. I may I may I uh, think, do a trial, do think, a free trial. I think of Fubo. you can free trial Fubo to get the Pac-12 Network <laughs> yeah. if you want, and, uh, and and try it that way. But it's not it's not widely available on TV tonight. Nope. All right, I'll listen to the feed and listen to Andy Bertram. Got gotcha. you. So. Merry <laughs> Christmas, right, Tex. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. James is up next. Hey, James, thanks for hanging on. Hey guys, um, I was just I want to touch on a little bit of what Tex said because um, that's going to bring it up. But yeah. I was one of those Kiffin guys, and um, I've been looking at the recruiting rankings today, and uh, I don't think I don't think we should have went after him. Now I'm I'm happy with. They have had a rough, rough last uh, couple of weeks. They lost Isabian Miller to Auburn. They yep. lost Marcel Reed to Texas A&M. They lost a four-star defensive end to Maryland today. Like it's been a really, you, really tough week. I'll tell you what you don't want either is you don't want the perception that the reason your team isn't getting players is because all the money went to you and your contract. Like that's that's something that also, will poison the well with a fan base if it continues. Yeah, that's that's some, true. That's that's something you don't want. And and whether it's true or not, that's that's what a lot of folks are going to think. Yeah, and how, not, how? Yeah, not to not to be the knives out right. detective, but that's the conclusion <laughs> that a lot of people are gonna are gonna reach if Ole Miss struggles in recruiting uh, moving forward. You know, he's he's not the most mature coach of all time, and after Marcel Reed uh, flipped to Texas A and M, he went back on his tweets and retweeted the one when when NIL got passed for Tennessee high school players. Marcel Reed tweeted, what's the move, hashtag NIL, and he retweeted that after he flipped to Texas A&M just to yeah. imply that it was NIL money that, that caused that flip. Hey, guys, I don't know if you noticed it, but when they were interviewing Hugh Freeze earlier today on ESPN, they said he had the number one, uh, 30, no, he had number 31st 
recruiting class in the nation. But some of the recruiting rankings I've seen have been anywhere from 15, 16 to 18, 19. Yeah, that I was before that, that. Well, that was before Keldrick Falk and Kay and Lee and okay. uh, the, the junior college defensive linemen had all signed. So every service that you look at has got them somewhere between 15 and 20 now. Yeah, I think it's 16. Okay. It's 16 <laughs> and, and there's a chance. Two of them and the 19 on one of the other ones. And a chance to move up, obviously, Jeremiah Cobb's a four star. Tyler Scott. Tyler Scott, I think, is a three-star, but it's still going to move him up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the four-star got a chance to move him up a little bit more. And remember, in in a lot of those, they don't count the transfer portal guys either. So, um, but to move from somewhere in the you know sixty range to inside the top twenty, uh, that that's a that's that's a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah, only on two weeks too of recruiting, yep. like you guys said. Hey, one other thing about Ole Miss before I go and. Wish y'all Merry Christmas. Hey, um, I like that they hired Island Green over there. Yeah, uh, I there? guess Ole Miss will be <laughs> bussing everybody around, and hey, he might hire Brian Harson after Lane Kiffin leaves. So you know, yeah, you wonder how much Lane's going to yeah, wonder how much Lane's <laughs> going to love that if he's uh, pinching pennies the way he was here. But yeah, you know, we'd heard that um, heard that a month or so ago that he very well could wind up back at Ole Miss. I wonder why they waited until now. Uh, to announce him, I guess they they wanted something that they could put out there that hey, here we we, we did we did something uh, that that looks positive because he'd been there at Ole Miss before. All right, is, is uh, Kiff is, is Kiffin because I I hadn't been following the Ole Miss recruiting stuff all, all that closely, but I know they they had some disappointing. Their class is not in the top fifty. They they'd finished they finished second on some some high school players. Oh, a lot. Is it is the belief that and they got the, a lot of guys entering the transfer? I was going to say, is the belief that the Portal King is going to be able to fix that roster with incoming veteran talent? See, and they better they better hope that he can do that. At and now, some point, that's not going to work. No, at some point, you're going to have one cycle in the portal that just doesn't hit, and then you're going to. Be really behind the eight ball. I mean, he is a very good evaluator of talent, but that's no guarantee that you're going to get all the players because a lot of the a lot of players have already made up their mind. Yeah, that are in the portal now, and there's going to be. I mean, it's going to be like sharks feeding for everybody who goes in now from the, from from this point well, on. It's a, it's a very college basketball way to build a college football team. Like if you're just going to keep your impact, mm-hmm. I don't your, think that's first year that's wise plan. It's and let you know let I mean it's it's. Uh, you're right. You're one. You're one off season away from the whole oh, thing being derailed. At the same time, you know that that's also true of places that bet on you know finding a new quarterback every year. And they, you know, if you if you find the right guy, you, you can make it work. It's just, it's it, it is. It's a dangerous way yes. to to try to compete in the SEC West. But if you can make it work. Um, more power to you. I mean, it was at the G5 level, so it's a little different. But there's a one great example of. One school trying to go just super heavy portal and really hardly any high school at all. But Texas State with Jake Spavadol, they had a class where they signed, I think, one high school player. The rest were, it was all portal. And that went really south, made a lot of in-state uh, high school coaches angry. And and that fizzled out within a year and a half after that. That's such a strange because... I could almost view it at the Power Five level if you're going to say we're going to only take the best high school players and we're going to find uh, we're, we're going to fill our. Oh, roster. You're seeing a lot of schools right. that are trying to do right. that at the Power Five level, and we're going <laughs> to we're going to let because you at the Power Five level can offer something that maybe the Group of Five mm-hmm. level teams can't do. At the Group of Five, it the, the move I would I would imagine the move is 
view this as an opportunity to go get those high school players that used to get those Power Five offers, mm-hmm. right? You would right. think there's a surplus of... There are more of them available now than ever. Especially in Texas. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> that's where I would think... I mean, if you're TCU or Texas Tech even... Maybe you want to take that that strategy that t- the Texas State tried and only take the best high school players and pick and choose from the portal. But a group of five school, uh, you know, pretty much anywhere, but especially in in a talent rich area, I would think that's where you could you yeah. could harvest the uh, you know all, all the players that aren't getting phone calls from Power Five schools anymore. Yeah, you know, if you're not a, and if you're if you're not a contender right now, you don't have to worry about the twenty five anymore. You've got to eighty five and. And uh, if you're not very good, you can uh, strongly encourage some of your other guys to, to, you know, try to find another place or hurry up and graduate or, you know, hopefully you've got enough money you can at least keep them on scholarship. A couple, couple guys in the state, uh, uh, Jake, uh, John Sumrall at, at Troy mm-hmm. and, um, and King Womack at uh, South Alabama. I think they're taking advantage of the fact that some of these kids in the Southeast used to get these high school offers, and they're not getting them anymore. Mm-hmm. And now they're, now they're playing at the group of five. You might lose them. If they're top-tier players, they might go into the portal. They might, they might decide after a couple of years uh, to, to go try their luck. At if the they help you win 10 level. games, that's not but the end of the help, world. But they're helping you win games right now. Something I know Southern Miss did last class when that Mississippi class was really, really good. They had a lot of guys go far away for college. They kept up those relationships and were able to, I guess, if things didn't go well in their first spot, they wanted to come back closer at home. Well, they still they kept up those relationships and were able to leverage that. And well, that's and what everybody a lot better really quickly. Everybody has to do that. Mm-hmm. It used to. I mean, there was there was no reward for finishing second. Now the transfer portal has made yes. that. You know, you don't want to burn those bridges if you do finish second. Mm-hmm. All right, we need to get to our first break. Of our number two, we really haven't broken down the class. We'll do that. Look at some of the the highlights from around the country as well. We've been talking about that a little bit. Love for you to join in three three four three two one thirteen ninety here on the Wednesday Drive. Hey, time to churn up some more yardage on the drive. The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. That's cool. Welcome back into the drive here on this Wednesday afternoon. Bill, Dan, that's, with Carter at the controls. That's another one it for is, the secret. That's another one for the secret commercial break. Yeah, early <laughs> early signing calls. day. Just got the official release from Auburn on the uh, on the early signings. I was about to break this down. I'm sort of glad I didn't because I had had it in my mind. Okay, it's a quarterback, a receiver, five offensive linemen, seven defensive linemen, five defensive backs. Well, now. Uh, Auburn is is actually listing Stephen Johnson as an offensive lineman, uh, and and I can I can understand that. I mean, so that would give Auburn six offensive linemen, and they are definitely pursuing two or three more. This may be the the largest, and I'm not, I don't mean just on the hoof. That's going to be large, but I mean it may be the the largest number of offensive linemen that I could ever recall Auburn signing oh, in one year. it could be like year. 9, 10. It could be, yeah. it could be 11. 9 or point. 10 offensive linemen in uh, one Now, the thing is, with the transfer portal, um, then you've got different classifications in there. They're not yeah. at least all freshmen. Well, I mean, they of the last 24 hours or so, there have been several predictions for Ben Scott, the 
Arizona State-centered right. Auburn. You have the Tulsa offensive tackle out there. Yeah, it's Auburn and Southern Cal, it looks like, for mm-hmm. him. And the last thing I saw from Dylan Wade was uh, he was posting a lot of pictures of the ocean. So, <laughs> so I mean... And then you you have uh, you still have Amari Kite uh, out right. there, and you have yeah that's somebody I think Auburn would like to hear from soon. Yes, and then you you still have uh, Rouse the the Walter Stanford. Rouse from now I, I think he's just getting started. You know, he just went into Fair. the portal the other day. Well, he's an All American. Everybody and and him. and Auburn was the first place he visited, but he's got four more visits, and that's I fair. I wouldn't blame him for taking all four of those. It would make sense, for, and, and, and he can't do it right now because it's mm-hmm. it's a non-visit time. I mean, what, what what are the numbers looking like right now on the offensive line for Auburn? Bill Cameron depth chart. Uh, Auburn is, had seven; they added six. That's thirteen. They need uh, they need at least a couple more. Sevens sevens with Keandre moving on to Florida State. Uh, yes. Okay. Seven is if Jaleel Irvin and Cam Stutz are back and everybody else returns. So they need at least two or three more. Right. I mean that that's. And and they and how have they? That seven does not include the players they've added today, right? That's, no, no, that's, no, 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 no. They so added. So you're adding six more today. So it'd be thirteen. Yeah, which is which is if close. everybody stays. If if that's the, you'd like to have at least fifteen. You'd like to be three deep. I'm How's not it? sure. I'm not sure how many of those thirteen right now are capable of starting right now because you you have all of almost all of mm-hmm. this offensive line going out the door, especially with. Keandre Jones going in the portal, going to FSU. I have a feeling that three or four of your day one starters in 2023 are among that 13. Well, and I, I wonder mean, how I many mean, more starters are Auburn going to I mean. Isaiah well, you've got, Miller. I mean, Jaleel Irvin finished the year as a starter. Uh, Tate Johnson started some earlier, so you've got guys that have started at center. And you have Jeremiah Wright, who... You've got I, Jeremiah, right Jeremiah now, Wright, yep. Jeremiah Wright might, might be the most penciled-in player on the offensive line. And, well, we'll imagine. see. I mean, the thing is, you always you, you always have to be very cautious because you got a brand-new position coach and a brand-new head coach. We'll just have to wait and see. I you just, would think I, you would think that's the case. I would. I, I just love the fact that, like, I remember hearing he was the strongest guy on the team, and he had that nastiness and that edge that he played with that you want out of an offensive lineman. And honestly, I mean, I you do without got, some of the personal fouls, but <laughs> I mean, it, to an extent, yeah, you you, you kind of like it because it brought you, like a mean mentality do, back to the offensive you, line. You do, but you don't. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you like you like the aggression, but you got to keep it in check because there's a time when it stops helping the team. And I think Jeremiah Wright. Of the of those thirteen, if you had to ask me to name one or two who project as a starter next year, Jeremiah Wright would probably be one of the right. names on my yeah, list. He'd, he'd be the most likely. Cam, um, Cam Stutz would probably be near. I think would be would be close. Is Zero back? Um, no. no, Killian. I think no. I, yeah, Kill, Killian's out of it now. What about is Coffee on that thirteen? No. or is he gone too? He's gone too. They both went through Senior Day, right? Yes, they yeah, did. So, so that's I think they're both. Well, you, you I mean, Alex Jackson did Senior Day twice. You can, but I think I think a lot of the I got the sense that. Most of the players who went through senior day this year, because so, some of those players were also waiting on the news about their years of eligibility and stuff like that. I don't think that's the case with Alec, but some players go through senior day oh, and Al- find Al- out. Alec, they, I think, is one hundred percent done now. Yeah, yeah, now. But I, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I get you. Yeah, we, we could, but I would imagine of that of that thirteen, the lion's share of at least the starter. I mean, we'll see how many new you know, right. new players Auburn could add. You'd love to add a tackle, but maybe right now Xavier Miller has got to be penciled in. Probably not even pencil. It's it's maybe erasable ink, but I mean Xavier <laughs> Miller has got to be uh, one of your tackles. You're thinking 
right now. That's would, why you're looking for another tackle, at least one more, because you've got a couple of youngsters that you signed today that are large young men, but they're also going to be true freshmen. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and both the Johnsons, if if Steven Johnson's been listed as a as an offensive lineman, I guess he could be a guard. He's more a guard, mm-hmm. really. Uh, Tyler Johnson's probably... Well, um, more, Freeze, more a tackle. Freeze said in his presser that Tyler Johnson and Clay Whedon are going to be developmental yes. guys. Mm-hmm. It's going to take them. They're guys who could be two, three year starters down the road, but right now they need time to, to develop, I guess, get their bodies right. The go through the strength program and, and, and just develop. Cause I mean, they always talk about an offensive lineman's a piece of clay that the offensive <laughs> line coach has to mold and Jake Thornton. This is his chance to show it with with, with those two guys. At, at the same time, if one of those two guys shows up and they're one of the five best offensive yeah, linemen on the team, then, as much as you'd you know, and in, I'd in like a to know world you develop them. I mean, I, I wonder. Um, I'm I'm not sure which of these guys are early enrollees because if they get to go through spring, that is a huge advantage, and that's where uh, you know a freshman can really. It's going to be much more difficult for a freshman offensive lineman to not be in in the spring and have any chance at all of playing. But anyway, that's sort of the way it breaks down. It looks like so it's a quarterback, a receiver. Jeremiah Cobb should be added later, but a quarterback, a receiver, six offensive linemen. It appears two true interior linemen, a third in Darren Reed who could be, I mean, I guess, you know, he's a strong side defensive end maybe. Then a couple of edges um, and five defensive backs. That's the class thus far from today. We've got a half an hour to go. Love for you to join in here on the Wednesday Drive. Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final 25 minutes here on this Wednesday evening. First day of the uh, signing period, I saw where 90 of ESPN's top 100 signed, have already signed wow. today. So, I mean, it, it, I thought maybe the number would go down, and, and maybe overall it has because of the transfer portal, but it definitely is still taking the large majority of the top players you get the sense some of these kids are eager to end the, yes. the recruiting process and and the you know the, the uh, constant contact and not that uh, you know not not to paint it all in a negative light or anything because it, it sounds like it's uh it, it's a it's a thing that a lot of these kids remember fondly or aspects of it they remember fondly but uh, yeah it, it's understandable that the the first day it, it tells you something that so many of the players decide uh to to sign the uh the first day they can um 
we were we were trying to uh, to to find because the word was at least a dozen of these players are going to be early enrollees, which most are. But Dan, I want to get your thoughts when when we were talking with Jason. That's something Carter and I got into yesterday, uh, and I heard some talk about that this morning. That's why I asked Jason just about the crush that there is at this time of year. Uh, you, you were talking about uh, you know teams really perhaps rethinking about being in bowl games but just imagine i mean every everything that was on Hugh Freeze coming in trying to learn all right who's he got working for him what does the depth chart look like he doesn't even know a lot of these players he mentioned today he hasn't even met all the players because he came <laughs> in he was here for the for finals basically when he got in, Auburn was starting finals, and the players are taking finals, and then they're they're gone. So he's just looking at, well, here's who we have on this roster. You're trying to create relationships with high school players, their families, their coaches, but you're also tracking the transfer portal while you're doing all this, and you're re-recruiting your own players. Yeah, and to I keep mean them from jumping into the transfer uh, it, portal. It, it really you're seems fighting like, a war on six or seven fronts. It, it, is what you're it doing. It seems the NCAA should do something to try to alleviate that a little bit. Try to spread things out. You think a it'll get? Bit. You think it'll get easier when there's playoff games in the equation too? Because you expand well, the playoff, right? You could have some of these coaches having to deal with all this while preparing to play a college football. I mean, you already have a couple of schools doing that, right? I mean, you think about yeah. the four teams in the playoff are, are going through all of that while also... No, I, I don't know if... I don't know if there's a solution from the NCAA as far as... Because it, it feels like there's there's going to be this crush if you try to... I mean, that was sort of the thinking with the portal, right? Was that you push... Yeah, but you put it right on top of everything else. You put it on top of everything else, which... <laughs> but I the want, reason you do that is because so many of these players want to be enrolled at the other school... For the spring term. Right. So do you, I mean, is it just going to be a matter of head coaches are going to have to delegate more than ever before because there are so many things that demand their time at the end of the season? Because I don't know if the solution is coming from above. You know what I mean? I wonder if it's just going to be, maybe you used to be really involved in something and now so many things are going on, you got to figure out what you can be really involved in and what you maybe need to delegate. It's a little bit like Hugh Freeze talking about calling plays. Right, like there, yeah, there's, yeah. Some, there's Jimbo, so much. Jimbo Fisher said at the press conference today, people would not believe how much the job has changed in 24 months, and that's part of the reason why he's going to have to give up play calling duties finally to somebody else. And <laughs> roster management is—I mean, those two words there meant nothing a few years ago. Player retention, right? Yeah. Like those those sorts of things. You know, the re recruit. I remember when Ed Orgeron warned people. <clears throat> You know, you're going to have to re-recruit all your players at the end of the season on top of everything else. Mm -hmm. And, he, I mean, and, and not, not even to necessarily say it's bad that players have relatively free movement at the end of the year. I sort of wish everyone were upfront about this is a one-year scholarship and we'll talk at, at the end. Like, I wish everyone sort of looked at it that way instead of saying, hey, we're offering, you know what I mean? Because now it's almost... Well, it doesn't matter if you're offering a four-year scholarship. You get a better deal after a year, you're gone anyway. Exactly. And... And on the coaches' side, I know they are officially four-year scholarships, but it it is strange how many coaches find a way, right? To, you know, if there's a player who's not working out, they're not going to be on the eighty-five for all five years of their. Yep. You know, whether it's a, 
you know, a personal decision to retire, you know, an understanding, or, or, or if they move on to go play somewhere else. I mean, these, I don't know if anybody, as much as we publicly call them four-year scholarships here on the, or, or five years, whatever, you know, full scholarship, it's, it's, a lot of it is, is year by year. And it's, so much is going on in December. And I don't think this year's an anomaly. I think this is the new, until the rules change, this is what December is going to be like mm-hmm. in the world of college oh, it football. Is. And I still think that there are going to be schools that decide not to play in bowl games. Because oh, yeah. of this, well, this, is, more, this we, is more important than Were we talking the, the other day yes. about once it gets to the 12-team playoff, why would, you have, why would you still need all these other bowl games? Yep. Who cares anyway, unless ESPN is just so desperate or someone is so desperate for, you know, to, to, to have... Some you know something to be broadcast. Well, I, I hate to be I hate to be glib about it, but I do wonder how much of it is just yeah. Cable networks need stuff and know that yeah. a, lo- a large <laughs> a large audience of folks, many but, of whom gamble on football, don't really care about what teams are playing. They just like that there's action. Yeah. They like that there's a game on, and they'll watch it more than they'll watch you know a young Sheldon rerun or whatever else you would put on. <laughs> but, but if you're sort of yeah, instead. but if, but if you're trying to restock a roster and and you're thinking about competing. What do you care Billy, about? Billy Napier should have. Billy Napier should have said no. To, oh, you're to right. Vegas. In hindsight, like, I mean, you know he wishes I mean, he'd said like, no. Every, they had a good class today. Now they, they they're, 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 they're right there outside the top ten. It might have been even better at, if they'd been able to spend more time recruiting and uh, not doing whatever. Maybe maybe that's all he was doing was recruiting. They played like he sure wasn't preparing. Yeah, but but isn't isn't the game itself? I mean, I know the belief is well, maybe we can play well and it's an advertisement moving forward. Uh but but yeah, I well, would that think wasn't that, an, that was an advertisement for oh yeah, you can play on this team. Yeah, it was an advertisement. Because nobody that, else that was out there could. If you're going to sign up to play for for that school, you need to bring a a biohazard suit, right? Like a hazmat <laughs> suit to go I mean, I don't and, and he is, I know we got a call so we'll, we'll get to it. Billy Napier he, more than anyone else is the uh, is is if you had to look at someone who's facing a Brian Harson like situation going into year mm-hmm. two, like there is, uh, they picked up a uh, picked up a name transfer portal quarterback today. There is who, so. who, who's uh, who's going to Florida? Mertz. Oh, that's right. They 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 were able to pick up the uh, Wisconsin some, quarterback, yeah, the, 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 Graham Mertz from from Wisconsin. But that is that is a place where if if you're looking at Florida as a if they haven't significantly improved in year two, I feel like we're going to have more. More buzz about Billy Napier being on the hot seat earlier in his tenure mm-hmm. than usual. I think most coaches. Well, I don't. think I think that's going to become the norm now. Maybe, maybe that's the norm. I think now it is too. the norm. But he, but he's someone who feels like, uh, yeah, it just it just seems like there's there's a, a lot of pressure going into year two. Let's get back to the uh, Kia of Auburn hotline three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I'm not sure who we have up first. Who who are we speaking to? Anthony. Hey, Anthony. How you doing, Anthony? Good. How about you guys? Pretty good. Good to hear from you. You know, you guys mentioned about the uh, 12 team playoff and how that would probably decrease some of those other bowls as far as anybody want to watch them or whatnot. Uh, uh, you know, I tell you, they don't necessarily have to get rid of those games. Just maybe give, be a little creative and perhaps uh, shuffle some of those games around. Like maybe uh, Labor Day weekend, some of those uh, games could be a, a Labor Day kickoff matchup or something. Uh, you know, uh, whoever Auburn might be playing, uh, if they got a marquee game that particular uh, week. Perhaps Auburn, just for example, perhaps Auburn and Georgia Tech could be down at the Bahamas Bowl uh, Labor Day weekend, and you can't tell me that that won't sell that stadium out, that, uh, you know, that Bahamas not that far away and it's an affordable trip going to the Bahamas. You can't tell me that that won't be sold out with students and fans and people that just love Auburn and Georgia Tech. I mean, if you know, if it's promoted right and, and uh, a lot of planning, it definitely has to go in and, 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 you know, that sort of thing. But 
that went there be a classic matchup, and then perhaps a year after that, you come up with somebody else and, and, and just do that every year with some of those games. And, uh, of course, you're going to use some of them for the 12-team uh, playoff. And then uh, I'll tell you one, I'll do you one better. Thanksgiving weekend, you always have a lot of rivalry games. Perhaps some of those schools might be enticed to skip playing at home that year and, and go to one of those bowl sites and meet their rival and just keep rotating like that and have the right kind of money. That, you know, you never know what can happen with yeah, something I'm like not, that. I'm not sure the rivalry games, because those are such big ticket sellers for the home teams, but your idea that the Bulls would move to sponsoring big regular season out-of-conference games, those neutral site games, the Chick-fil-A kickoff, mm-hmm. and things like that. I think that's actually an interesting pivot for some of those yeah. Bulls to move from, rather than have a couple of 6-6 six and six teams in Las Vegas, right. why not opening weekend? You, you, I mean, uh, Florida-Oregon State would have been a far more yeah. interesting matchup week one yeah. than it was you know, this, this past Saturday if it had been played in Las Vegas. Some of those Bulls could become week one or week two out-of-conference games. Are you saying make them like a week zero kind of thing? If it, yeah, week zero, too. I mean, I, I think there's there's any number of those where if you if you want to match up two teams that otherwise would never play and don't have room on the schedule for a home-and-home and, home and play them at some you know, flashy site that doesn't get usually... get teams at full strength, too? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that would that would serve... I, I, I would rather see that than a lot of these Oh, I agree. Games. It's an interesting idea, Anthony. Hey, yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah, you could do rivalry every once in a while, maybe once every 10 years. I mean, because you can think about it now. Look at all the teams that you will be rotating. So it wouldn't really hurt anybody to I'm trying to think what kind of offer it would take from some company. Well, what is to get, what, Well, let's think about this. Like, what kind of offer it would take from some company to get Auburn to play the Iron Bowl in the NFL Stadium in Atlanta? Well, what's instead the, of Georgia what's Stadium the situation between Georgia and Florida playing in Jacksonville? How does Why does that happen? Why is it not home and home? And you know how. How upset Kirby is about that, right? Right. Now. That's 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 been a you know a sort of a long standing tradition. I think the city of Jacksonville chips in. I believe it's, do, a, yes. it's like a tourist yeah. sort of you know a, a tourist sort I mean, of deal. That, like, that's the only comparison kind of like that I can think of but, off, the, off the top of my head. Like I wonder, I wonder what it would take though. Like but what, but but when Georgia and Florida playing in Jacksonville, of course. I, Georgia probably wouldn't like it being called the Gator Bowl, but I mean, do it like that. Do things like that and have and have that then yes. become the bowl game, their bowl game. I, th- I think some of the, I think some of those, and you know, I, again, it would just it would be interesting with with really you know historic rich conference matchups. Again, I wonder if they'd rather play those at home, but the uh, uh, but but no, some of the some of the, you know some of those added conference matchups that you get early in the season. Absolutely, start calling those start calling those bulls and give the bulls a chance to participate mm-hmm. that way rather than you know, sort of piece together matchups at the end of the year. Great thought there, Anthony. Back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline, and Keith is up next. Hey, Keith. Hey, um, yeah. As far as those bulls, uh, you know, it's all about the money. If it makes money, they're going to do it. And uh, I don't know if it's feasible as far as uh, the, the colleges, but uh, I mean, if they really want to do it, I mean, I, I saw Troy playing for their. Championship game, and uh, they didn't even have their stadium uh, filled up, you know, uh, down at Troy in their last ball game. So uh, that was kind of disheartening to see, uh, had that much on the line. But uh, I just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about all this. It's exciting about uh, your team when, you know, we come out on the good end of it and, and we're, we got something to look forward to. I just hope they don't ruin this whole sport. With all this money, um, you know, Hugh Freeze did all this in two or three weeks, and uh, you know, you got to think that with, with him being able to do that, uh, we ought to be able to get a uh, top five or ten uh, class uh, every year, just about it. Well, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have to be a top ten 
class just about every year if you're going to compete you know, for the SEC title. The, the, pro- the problem is there are 15 or 20 programs that expect to be a top 10 class every single That's year. And, and a lot of them and are in the SEC and, has, and the SEC West. And Auburn has as good a chance as, as, a, lot, as a lot of them do, especially with Hugh mm-hmm. Freeze at the helm, if, if, he can, if he can produce like he's produced in the past as a recruiter. Uh, but it's still, that's a, that's, a, that's a tough thing to accomplish this, year in and year out. This is probably the, the fewest SEC teams I've ever seen in the top 10. I look at 24-7's um, oh, composite got- rankings. Alabama 1, Georgia 2, LSU 6, Tennessee 10. Usually, you've got four of the top six. Let, let's let's so think only of, two SEC West teams in the top ten. It's early this year. That's crazy. It's early in his tenure. But remember, remember the notion that Brian Kelly wouldn't fit in. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't work out. They won the West, and he's got the and third, he's got the number six class in the country, the, the third, third best yeah. uh, recruiting in the SEC. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think some you know so and, and fit matters, but sometimes the geography of the mm-hmm. fit doesn't add up until winning you see the guy. makes things fit. Yeah, it's amazing how that smooths things over. Well, all, all this money is going to change things. I heard an uh, interview with Danny Sheridan, and he, he said that, you know, if things had been a few we- uh, years earlier, uh, Alabama's quarterback would have been playing at USC uh, with all this money going around and stuff. Uh, so, you know, there's going to be different teams come on up, and uh, it's going to be just harder and harder to have a top-10 class. But I don't think any other school has a better – area to recruit from than Auburn. I know we have a lot of competition, but you know, there's a lot of players in this area. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. The The geographical area is just loaded with talent. Well, I mean, I, I would make the argument that I'm I'm still not sure he'd be at, at USC because I think it'd still be the same kind of deal because, look, you, you've got a five-star quarterback, number four player in the country, who's now on campus at Tennessee, and he left California to, to to go across the country. I think you you still would see something similar. They just go to whoever's maybe offering the most amount of money or in NIL or maybe it's you still fall see, back I, to to development. With Bryce Young though, I always thought the thing was and and to it to an extent, but more with Bryce, it's the best Supporting cast you could possibly yeah. have. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the exactly. receivers, and, the and that is going to continue the, now with this class. I mean, that, that's no question. That was that, and and when when USC was in a position to offer quarterbacks to be Carson Palmer's successor, yeah, they had mm-hmm. the the offensive line and the court and the and the receivers and the running backs to offer that would give the quarterback a chance to succeed. So I think some of it is, yep. and it, it, it dates. I mean, that and that's what we were saying at the very beginning of the show. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to fix this offense for Auburn, if you're gonna try to to find impact talent, they're gonna wonder who their teammates are. Receivers are going to know who's throwing them the ball. Quarterbacks are going to want to know who they're going to throw the ball to. And it's yeah. it's, it's tough to get that momentum and started. It, and it helps when you have what five first round receivers in three years in the draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna change gears. Uh, I've had a theory that I, that uh, for the last few years and. I just believe that if it if it wasn't for fantasy football, the NFL would would just about you know they they would be way downhill by now. I mean, I, I just know so many people that I'm close to that uh, only watch the NFL because of fantasy football, and they uh, that's the only reason I let them watch it on my TV when they come over here is. <laughs> Uh, but Fan- anyway. Fantasy and, and Dan, Dan hit on it. Gambling, I think. Yeah, <laughs> fantasy and gambling. But that that thing is a is a. And we appreciate the phone call. That, that I was I was just during the commercial break. We were talking about the TV ratings for the World Cup game and some of the local ones. But the speaking of local TV ratings, the there have been a couple of games this year. The Thanksgiving game between the Cowboys and the Giants comes to mind, 
where it is astonishing what kind of local ratings these NFL games do. Mm-hmm. Where the, I think it was something that in one of the two markets, the, the share was in the 40s or 50s, which was all the TVs in the market. Mm-hmm. How many of them are tuned to that game I'll be curious at the time. to see uh, how the NFL having games on Christmas this year affects the NBA. Because the NBA is on Christmas Day for forever. Yeah, it it won't. The, I mean, the NBA can get a couple million people, but the NFL is gonna. I mean, it's just yeah, the exactly. that that thing is a TV juggernaut like nothing else. And fantasy football and mm-hmm. gambling are are two big reasons why. You also have the places where NFL team. I mean, this would also explain. You know, this would also suggest that other teams uh, should have or other other sports should have growth like this. But when you have the population areas growing in some of these NFL places, like it would it would make sense that. The fan bases and the TV audiences grow too, but this thing is—I mean, it's—it's it's nothing grows forever, but the NFL is on a path right now to where it—I mean, there's no—no, yeah. no you don't dec- see the end in sight. Yeah, no decline right in sight. now. We need to get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. Let's get back to the drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final uh, couple of minutes here on the Wednesday Drive. Um, a... a, a it's always an interesting day. Sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's not. But uh, now there will be there will be plenty of more recruiting news. It's just not going to be the amount that we had today. Briefly, we have, we haven't talked any basketball. No, we haven't. I mean, we uh, barely. We just talked about. Can you watch it? We understand that uh, the Pac-12 Network may be available on Dish if you have Dish Network. What's, what's got to go right for Auburn tonight, Bill? Um, well, I tell you what. First, I wonder how healthy they are. Is Jalen Williams yep. going to play? Uh, is Wendell Green going to play? Um, if J- if, if Jalen doesn't play, it's it's huge for Johan Treor needs to step it up. I think uh, John Rothstein had a tweet this morning saying Jalen was going to play, and I believe. Wendell seemed to have some sort of post on social media yesterday that implied that he's playing. Well, you know, he thought he was fine going into the USC game. Yeah. Uh, Trey Donaldson needs to continue playing the way he has. Auburn. Auburn's going to have uh, their hands full inside. U.S. I mean, uh, Washington is a big team. I, I I thought for a second that you saw Jani Broom figure out. I thought he played better. He thought he played better. He's going to need to continue doing that. It's going to be a good test for the Tigers tonight. Dan, good to have you back. Always good to be back. I think Justin Ferguson's in Seattle. So he we is. Won't, we won't have him tomorrow. Well, at least, least, he, at least uh, some of his posts look like he is. Yeah, he's doing a good job <laughs> faking it if, he, if he's not. But we'll, we'll check in with Justin maybe, yes. maybe Friday. But are, are, are we, uh, we'll talk with uh, uh, David Pascal tomorrow. A little, uh, little, little college football. Yes, maybe? we will. We'll get some uh, uh, you know, pre-Christmas thoughts from, from David. Uh, we're out of time here, though, on the uh, Wednesday Drive. Have a good one, everybody. We are out of here.